We are in the fourth week of our Radically Normal series. If you had not been here, I'll catch you up. That we've uh, been talking about that Jesus was a radical. The word radical means far-reaching. It means extreme. It means out of the ordinary. And this is who Jesus was. When he came onto the scene, they didn't know what to make of him because, man, he was such a radical. He was different. And that Jesus is calling us to live in such a way where radical is normal. And we've been looking at these different areas. The first week we talked about faith and then love. Last week was forgiveness. And today we're talking about hospitality. Now here's, here's where my mind goes. It's all transparency. I, I, I've been thinking about it like when we talk about faith, that seems big, doesn't it? That seems big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talk about love. Okay, I, man, that's big. We talk about forgiveness. I'll be honest, last week it was a heavy message for me. For me personally. Like I even woke up that morning um, feeling so inadequate to preach that message because, not because I'm not good at forgiving, Here, here's the truth, because I've caused some hurt in my life. I've hurt other people. And the enemy was just saying these things in my mind about, you don't need to be preaching this. And I actually texted all my kids like at 5 o'clock in the morning that morning, which they all thanked me for. <laughs> and just talked to them about praying for me. Today's message is different. I didn't have that same emotion like I feel inadequate. Today's message, I feel like I've got to convince you that today's message is not a second tier. Like you talk about faith and love and forgiveness. That seems like first tier. And then today we're talking about hospitality. And it kind of seems second tier, doesn't it? Eh, yeah, hospitality. And it almost seems like, and I'm, this is going to sound so chauvinistic, but I'm going to say it. It almost seems like a woman ought to be teaching this. Because, guys, this isn't what we talk about. Hey, you, how's your hospitality going? I don't usually say that. You hospitality? Yeah, yeah. We don't talk about things like that. I'm not saying women do, but I know we don't. But I think this could be one of the most important messages that I teach this year. Now, that's, that's pretty bold. This could be one of the most important messages... For you to obey this year. That's really what it comes down to. So what is hospitality? Hospitality is love of the neighbor and the stranger alike. Hospitality says you are welcome here. You belong here. You know who's done a great job with this? Planet Fitness. You ever been to Planet Fitness? Anybody ever been to Planet Fitness? Now, here's the funny thing about Planet Fitness. It's not the best gym in the world. I'm not knocking. If you go there, look, it's $10 a month. It's just good. For $10 a month, what, you know what I'm saying? And if you don't laugh, I'm going to preach for a couple hours. So anyway. But you walk in there, and there's, there's some fit people there, but most of the people are just normal people, and they got on the walls, you belong here. You ever been there? It's purple, you belong here. And here's the funny thing about Flat and Fitness. Pre-COVID, they had pizza night. <laughs> they did. Yeah, I'm, I swear they did. Had pizza night. The first Monday of every night, they had pizza night. You know why? Because they're more about belonging. More about hospitality. And that's their niche. Hospitality. The word hospitality comes from the same word as hospital. 
The word hospice, not hospice like someone's dying, but the word hospice, H-O-S-P-E-S. That same root word for hospital is as hospitality, which kind of makes sense. They sound the same. And the thought behind it, the picture behind it is that your home is literally like a hospital for the hurting, emotionally, spiritually, mentally. The picture behind it is that the dining room table, the kitchen table, is like an operating table to where people are finding hope and healing through kindness. And so to me, it's not second tier. To me, it is first tier. And here's the thing about hospitality, and hear me on this, hear me. The thing about hospitality is this. Hospitality is not an ability issue. It's not a resource issue. It's a willingness issue. That this is all about willingness. This is all about caring. This is all about thinking about others. And before we get going, I feel like I need to do some... I know you're going, aren't we going yet? No, we're not going yet. I need to do a little bit of preliminary work. Jesus was looked down upon because it said that he ate with sinners. That he showed hospitality in a different way that had ever been seen before. As a matter of fact, there's a story in the Bible of Zacchaeus that Jesus says, Hey, I'm going to your house. And this is before Zacchaeus ever changed. This is before Zacchaeus repented. This is before Zacchaeus ever did it. Jesus sees him and says, hey, I'm going to your house. This whole thing of hospitality that Jesus invites himself in. A few weeks ago, maybe four weeks ago, I talked about, it was the first sermon of the year, I talked about, hey, you ought to be looking around seeing who you can go to lunch with. And I don't know if anybody did that. I don't know if anybody's done that. I think people thought, well, yeah, that sounds nice, but I'm not going to do that. That you ought to be inviting people into your life. Not people that we know, people that we don't know. That, that, that we as a family of God, that this whole thing of, of hospitality ought to just be normal in the church. It ought to be normal in the church. Romans 2, 3, I mean 12, 13 says, be eager to practice hospitality. 1 Peter 4, 8, and 9 says, love covers a multitude of sins. And then he goes on to say, cheerfully share love through a meal and a place to stay. And then finally, listen to me, the whole value of hospitality being held high, that the writer of Hebrews says, don't forget to show hospitality because some in the past in doing so have entertained angels. And so, this ought to be a given in the church. That man, we are hospitable, that we are inviting people into our homes, into our lives, to go to lunch. Because there is something supernatural about eating lunch with someone. I'm telling you. And it's not the food. But today I want to talk about the power of hospitality outside of the church. This is why it's so important. It ought to be happening to us. And if it's not happening to us, then listen, you've got work to do. Listen, I'm telling you, you've got work to do. I've got work to do.
But we live in such a polarizing culture right now that it seems like everybody's the enemy. That there's sides, lines drawn, and we're all over the map, and I don't want to be with them and everything like that. And I'm telling you, the only thing that's going to break down those walls is hospitality. And Jesus tells a story, one of my favorite stories in the Bible, the, the parable of the Good Samaritan. He tells a story because he gives the people who are listening the two greatest commandments that we are to love God and we are to love people. And one of the guys says, well, who's my neighbor? And then Jesus tells this story, tells the story of the Good Samaritan. And so what I want to do is talk about radically normal hospitality in the light of the story of the Good Samaritan and make some points here. And so here's the first, is that radically normal hospitality loves sinners in the midst of their sin. Look at this, look at this scripture here. In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. Jesus tells a story about uh, just that we're supposed to love people, and the first people he brings up are the religious people, and they do nothing to help the man. Do nothing. They do nothing. They were ones who were supposed to be religious. The, the, the priest, which we get, the Levite, the worker of God's temple, they look at the guy who's about dead and they walk and go the other way. And Jesus is pushing a point here. Because they turned and walked away because they thought the man was that way because of his sinfulness. They thought he had been in drugs or that he had been gambling or that he had, he had been part of some gang or something like that and they turned on him and they thought, this man doesn't deserve help. But you and I have to have a radically normal love that we love people in the midst of our sin, midst of their sin. When Leslie and I first got married, we lived in... Uh, I don't know if, if you know where the Mavis Tire is in Covington. There used to be a set of apartments there. Does anybody remember that? There used to be a set of apartments. We lived there. It was Willow Bend Apartments. And it was government housing. It was all we could afford. We weren't making any money. We lived there. I, was a, I started off as a part-time youth minister at Covington Christian, and they hired me full-time, and I still wasn't making any money. We lived there as a one-bedroom apartment. Well, there was a guy in the church that got on drugs. And he was homeless, had nowhere to go. We had just gotten married, y'all. And I had the crazy idea of inviting this guy to live with us. And Leslie agreed. And I don't know how long he was there, but it was awkward. Good night. <laughs> one bedroom apartment, one bathroom. And I don't know what happened to him after that. But I do know in that moment we tried to love somebody in spite of their problems. We tried to love someone without judging them. And it sounds crazy and I'm not saying that's what you need to do. That's not my point. 
But my point is this, listen. Too many times, we just turn and go the other way because it's messy. You ever been when uh, somebody needs it, like you're driving and traffic's bad and they're trying to get in? And they're trying to get in, you see them, what do you do? Don't make eye contact, do you? Just look straight ahead, I don't see them. They're right there. They're waving. You ever have people do this? They're waving, you're like, I'm not letting you in. We just make up our mind, I'm not letting you in. I don't, we got all our reasoning. They, they can wait, I had to wait, they need to wait. Or you know what, they, 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 they can, the person behind me, they haven't let anybody in. I've let people in my whole life. I'm not letting anybody in today. We have these things, or I'm in a hurry. This is what we say. I'm in a hurry. I don't have time to let somebody in. And you know that if you make eye contact, guess what you're going to do? I'm going to let them in. And so we just go head to the ground. I don't see you. They need in. I'm, gonna, I'm not letting anybody in. The other day I needed in. I did, I needed in. You ever been at 213 and 36 making a left? Man, you gotta have some help. You do, I'm telling you, you gotta have some help. You're gonna get in an accident. And I'm sitting there thinking, and, and, and you know, traffic just stopped, and I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking, you know, I'm trying to make, I'm looking at them, and everybody's just doing, hey, finally a woman, she makes all kind, I'm like, she's gonna let me in, she lets me in. And of course I wave, I'm grateful. Listen to me. There's a whole world out there. They want to be in. They want to be in. They do. They want to be included. They want help. They're not going to come up and say, help me. Most of the time, you're probably going to have to initiate because they're going to think nobody cares. You know what they're going to think? I've blown it. I don't deserve help. Or the truth is, they may just be in such a state like this guy was in the story that they are literally half dead and cannot help themselves. And listen to me, we can't just keep walking by them. We just can't keep walking by them. And I'm not talking about people who are, are just uh, homeless, or like we talked about the, the warming center. I'm talking about everyday people, people who have resource and means. They're the same way. They still want in. We can't just keep walking by them. In Ephesians 2.12, it says, Remember that you, one time, were separate. You wanted in. You weren't in. I wasn't in. We were out. Excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigner to the covenants of the promise. Listen to this word. Without hope. Without God. But God, who is so rich in mercy, look, he was like, come on in. God doesn't have his head to the plow, and he's not looking straight down. He's looking around. Who wants in? Who wants in? Come on, I'll let you in. He's calling us to do the same. Radically normal hospitality is practically costly. Now, I'm going to lie to you. That if you and I are going to change the way we live, and I hope you are, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. There's no way around it. I love this story because the hero in the story is unexpected. Jesus goes on with the story and says, The priest walked by, the Levite walked by, and he says, But a Samaritan. 
Now, Samaritans in Jesus' culture, this, this is like, uh, and I'm going to use some analogies here, so give me some grace. This is like the Democrats and the Republicans. This is like Pelosi and Trump. This is like the LBGT and the religious right. This is like black and white. This is like rich and poor. This is like those inside the church and those outside the church. And Jesus is telling this story, and the person they least expected to be the hero in this story is who Jesus picks. He says, but a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, took pity on him. Now, Samaritans and Jews hated each other. I mean, hated each other. But he sees a man of a different race that he hates who's in a bind. He took pity on him. And he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense that you might have. I'm going to walk through this. I want you to hear me. Radical, radically normal hospitality always costs us something. It's always practically costly. It is. It's going to cost you empathy. The man took pity on him. It says he went to, you, to him. He says he went to the man. The scripture says he went to the man. It's going to cause that you have to take initiative. You have to take initiative. You have to go to people. You and I have to go to people. You say, well, I don't know anybody. I don't know anybody. But look around. I'm telling you, they're there. Go to them. He bandaged his wounds. He poured oil and wine. I know y'all got some wine. I've been to y'all's houses. <laughs> it's not a resource issue. It's not an ability issue. He put him on his donkey, which meant he did what? He walked. He pulled out two silver coins, which meant it cost him some money. See, too many times we're not, we won't practice, we won't reach out to people because we start to think of the things that we don't have. Well, I could never do that. I don't have any money. I could never do that. I'm not rich. I can't do that. I can't do that. And we start talking ourselves out. And the truth is this, it's not a resource issue. It's, an, it's a willingness issue. Are you and I willing because we've all got something to give. We've all got some way to help. There's a scripture from Proverbs 3, 27 and 28 that says, is that not up there? No, it isn't. I got it on mine. Okay, sorry. <laughs> it says, when, you, when it is in your power, don't withhold good from the one to whom it belongs. Don't say to your neighbor, go away, come back, come back later, I'll give it tomorrow. That we have this charge that when it is in your power, don't withhold good from the one to whom it belongs. That you and I are supposed to live in such a way that, man, we're not withholding, but we're willing to give. Which leads me to the last one. 
that radically normal hospitality is boundary-crossing love. Radically normal hospitality is boundary-crossing love. I was listening to uh, John Tyson, who's a, a pastor and a speaker, and he was telling a story about a woman named Rosaria Butterworth. And that she was part of the LGBT movement in the 90s. And in the 90s at that time, she was a writer. And that, if you, I don't know if you remember, that during that time, Promise Keepers was a big movement. It was a big Christian movement. Anybody remember that? You remember, anybody remember? I went to several of the, the events that they had. Well, anyway, she wrote a derogatory article about Promise Keepers. Schroeder just that um, she thought that it was wrong or whatever, that they were being judgmental. Well, anyway, she got all this mail in. Some, some of the mail was like, yeah, 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 you go, girl. Uh, stick it to the man, everything like that. And, and yeah, they're, they're wrong, they're judgmental. And then she got some, some mail from, from the religious right about, you're what's wrong with America, you're going to hell, blah, blah, blah. She got all this mail and everything on both sides. And then one day she opens a letter from a pastor. It's a pastor in her town. And he said, read your article. I'd love for you to come over for dinner and let us talk about this. And she read that letter. She thought to herself, there's no way I'm going to dinner with this guy. This is crazy. I know, I know the kind of church, I know what this guy's about. But then she had this other thought that I'll go to dinner with him and I'll write another article about how really wrong they are, and I'll have a first-hand experience. So she goes to dinner. And to her surprise, the family is hospitable. She's on a special diet, and they only serve food that is catered around her diet. No one in the house is judging her. They're just simply being hospitable. Asking her her story. How did you get to where you're at? But not in a judgmental way so they could fire back some recourse. Boom, boom. Just simply listen to me. Listening. Just listening. And through the course of what started out as one dinner, listen to me, this woman started down the journey of finding Jesus Christ. Could you go to dinner with someone? Someone you don't like? Someone you don't know? Could you go to lunch with them? It's not a resource issue. It's not an ability issue. It's a willingness issue. Jesus says this in Luke 10, 36, 37. He says, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell in the hands of robbers? The expert in the law says, now he won't even say the word Samaritan. Listen to me. That's how, that's how much they hated each other. He says, the one who had mercy on him. 
What if we lived in such a way that we were looking around going, who wants to be in? Who wants in? Who wants in? And not just simply thinking about going. You've got friends, you've got family, you've got neighbors, you've got people that you disagree with, that don't live like you. What do you do? How do you start? Let me give you some practical tips here. What if you started just introducing yourselves to your actual neighbors? You know, it's funny. We, we, we got big welcome signs. You see these big welcome signs? They're, they're super popular. It says, welcome about this talk. But the truth is, nobody invites anybody to their house anymore. Welcome. Who's welcome? Nobody's welcome. We got gates and everything like that. And I'm like, I got a gate in, my, in front of mine. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at me. But instead of it being welcome, it kind of says, stay out. But what if you went around and started introducing yourself to your actual neighbors? What if you started by asking your neighbors over for dinner? And then asking them, what's your story? What's your story? How did y'all meet? Where'd you grow up? Just, just ask them their story. And don't, don't look to tell yours, because as soon as they're done, let me tell you mine. No, it's not. What's your story? I'll tell you who's really good at this is Cameron. Cameron, for one of his classes this past year, Cameron's got his master's degree, which means he's smarter than me, which you already knew that. But um, for one of his classes, he had to do a service project. So he served it. He had to do it for a whole semester. So he served at the homeless shelter. Had to do like 12 hours a week at the homeless shelter for a class. But he didn't just phone it in and go, I'm going to do this for the class or anything like that. Cameron took it as an opportunity. He was going to get to know some people. And he would be serving with them, and he would just simply say, hey, what's your story? And he met some people who were far from God. And guess what he did? He invited them over for dinner. Cameron has taken these people to the airport. His house sat for them, trying to model what it is to be and live with hospitality. This compelling love that people see Christ in us. Maybe you take a Gatorade to someone at the homeless shelter that's standing out. Or you take someone that you think needs help. You just simply go to them instead of waiting for them to come to you. Maybe you invite your one, which we got these ones, these people that we want to see come to faith. Maybe you invite them to a party at your house and have some church folks around here. My son-in-law David and Marissa did this for Halloween, that they, that they had a bunch of people from church had a party and invited their one to come be there, to be part of that. Just these simple acts of hospitality of, you're in, come, come be in, be in, be in. I think about Clint and Celeste Welch, who are on Christmas Eve, asked me if there was anybody in the church that they could go sing Christmas carols to, someone who was homebound because of their health. This just concept of, I care about you in the church and outside of the church. I'm going to be hospitable. 
I remember when you've heard all my stories. But I remember one of the most powerful moments of my life. When I experienced the love of God. Was when someone bought me a hamburger. I'm telling you. I'd gone to youth group. I, I told you I didn't go to church. Went with this friend of mine and everything like that. And, and they didn't know that the youth group that night, there wasn't no youth group that we were going to go to Burger Chef. I grew up in Newport News, Virginia. In Hampton, Virginia, there's a little thing called Burger Chef. And they were going to go to Burger Chef. And we went to Burger Chef. I had no money. None. And everybody was ordering. I wasn't from the church, wasn't part of the church. I just happened to be at the church that night. And I'll never forget it. Wayne Johnson was there. He was a man in the church. I didn't know him. He ordered. And I wasn't paying attention. And he said, Gary, I got ours. And we sat down together. And he bought me two cheeseburgers and a drink. And as silly as that sounds... Something supernatural happened that day that I felt kindness. Listen to me. It was more than that. I felt like I mattered to somebody. Hospitality is not second tier. We've made it second tier. And it's not that we're bad people. It's we're busy people. And we've made excuses We've got all these reasons why we don't need to do this. But I'm telling you, this is the way Jesus lives. We've got work to do. I've got work to do. You've got work to do. Two scriptures. Last week, the, the call of forgiveness was to show mercy. Listen, let's do that. Let's be merciful to people. Let's think about that we needed this and they need it now too. But then I want to close with the scripture of Jesus. If we go, I'm sorry. I've got scripture on my, nope, nope, you're, you're doing great, Darcy. I'm lost. The scripture I want is on my sheet, and I'll read it to you. This is Jesus talking. Just as love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. And then hear this part. If you only love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. That Jesus is calling us to go out. Now let's have this last quote. And I love this quote. Alan Hurst said, it's every Christian family in this world simply offered good conversational hospitality around the table once a week to the neighbors. We would eat ourselves in the kingdom of God. Listen, we're good at this, y'all. How many of y'all like to eat? We're good at this. And so here's the last one. Jesus closes a story and he says four words. Go and do likewise. He doesn't say, go tell Gary this is a great sermon. I could care less with your thoughts on this. 
Go and do likewise. Open your eyes. Ask the Lord to lead you. There's a whole world out there that wants to be in, that wants to belong, that needs compassion, that needs kindness. Let's be hospitals in our homes. Let's do surgery around the dining room table or the lunch table. I'm praying that we will. Father, we come to you. Lord, a lot of information, a lot of faults today. Father, I pray that we are convicted with the fact that we can make a difference in our lives in the lives of other people by simply loving them where they're at and inviting them into relationship with us and then in relationship with you. Father, I pray that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week.